Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 34, which begins with Goose taunting Johnny, and it ends with Goose bewildered that no one showed at the courthouse. Charlie, as we mentioned yesterday, is leaning out of his cubicle, and he thinks he can see the interceptor. I don't really know what... Charlie is doing in this scene like um does he's leaning out a window that's not a window yeah so I don't I just don't really know what's going on with Charlie right now it's like his little his little cubicle space or something is like kind of like a false room like at one point it probably was windowed in or something like that. yeah and I can see I mean lots of offices that have generally open space will often have an office like in the middle that is like all windows yeah, like a conference room or the uh, the the office for the boss of the floor or something like that. But the windows are all blown out. Yeah. <laughs> so he like leans out this window that's not really a window. Like he can see the interceptors coming. Now what I think he means, I guess, is that he can hear the interceptors coming. Yeah. Uh. Which just solidifies our theory that they were being escorted by two yeah. interceptors. What he can probably see, because, okay, leaning out of that little cubicle thing, I'm trying to visualize the space in my mind. That little cubicle space is kind of on a corner, and then the room extends think... back to where Goose and Johnny are sitting. It goes forward. There's an open space that we kind of see when everyone's walking in, and then there's a long open space that goes out to, like, a door, a door. that you can see out of. Do you think he was leaning out so he could see out that door? I think so. Okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think so. Because, I mean, the interceptors are bright yellow, so even if you can only see out a sliver of that door yeah. from that angle, if you can see bright yellow, you know the interceptors are there. Yeah. Plus you can hear them. What's really tricky is that like, as you're watching this scene, I'm trying to like get a sense of like, what's in the the way and and whatnot. Because yeah, there's a bunch of open room, but there's also like a couple of lockers and maybe like just piles of junk. You can see as they're walking in, there's like piles of discarded road signs and whatnot. The place is not organized and it doesn't seem like there are a lot of really reliable sight lines yeah i mean i'm not disputing the fact that he could see at least a little bit out that door (laughs) it's just he's doing a lot of leaning and a lot of you know extending himself and trying to ascertain what's going on yeah i think perhaps the actor was already doing a bit of overacting for the sake of the the electric thing in his mouth movements yeah accentuating those so maybe he just got in an overacting headspace where <laughs> <laughs> he was he was exploring the space as an actor yes and uh and and maybe that explains why he like dramatically leans out this non-window yeah i'm not really sure yeah so at the news that the interceptors have arrived goose does this move where he's sitting in a chair behind the desk flicking coins but then he like gets up from the chair goes to the edge of the desk and like swings his feet past johnny's face 
And like, yeah, Goose is just being oh, he a is, real jerk. He is milking this situation for everything that it's worth. He's just riding high on a horse that is not going to carry him. Yeah. <laughs> but like, he totally would have, like, kicked Johnny in the face if Johnny hadn't leaned his face back. Yep, and he was counting on Johnny moving. Yeah, he's purposely invading his space. But even after he, like, stands up, he gets right up in his ear and he starts taunting him. Yes, but once again, notice he does not touch him. Right. This whole time he has not touched Johnny. It's like, eh, it's like two little kids, usually siblings, going, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you with their hands in your face. Like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do because they're not touching you. But they're still, they're doing it to irritate you purposefully Getting, trying to get you to react so that they are then allowed to touch you. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on here. He is provoking Johnny, perhaps hoping him, hoping that he is going to react in a violent way. That way Goose gets to like put him down. Yeah. And gets to take out his aggression that he's feeling towards Johnny. Yeah, he's... Which he is denied. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But he taunts him by saying, what do you say, Skag? Got no place special to go, eh? And then Charlie, ever the consummate professional, ever by the books sort of individual, comes up and talks about how they need to start prepping him to move. Yes. <laughs> uh, and it occurred to me, thinking about Charlie and how he's so by the books. So a few minutes ago when we were talking about Charlie's dramatic lean out the window, I was thinking, well, why didn't he just walk over to the door and see if they had arrived yet? Because Charlie is Mr. By the Books. Yeah. And he is charged with watching over this prisoner and the impending transport to wherever and he's not leaving his prisoner he's mm-hmm. not like you know immediately by his side but he's staying within sight lines and within you know actionable distance from johnny therefore he can't go check out the door yeah one thing i like about charlie's little cubicle there on a sill in the background, you can actually see that there's a brown paper bundle with a motorcycle helmet sitting on top of it. And oh, that's all nice of, catch. I that's see. all of Johnny's effects. Yes, you see it a little bit later on. Yeah, we're going to see it given back to him tomorrow. Yes. But <laughs> but yeah, J- Charlie's been put in, put in charge of this little lockup section. And he's going to hang out there and be very responsible and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's... So before we jump outside... I just want to comment. So Charlie says they'd better prep him. In Goose's perfect world, where did he think Johnny was going next? I I believe that Goose thinks that they are going to hand Johnny over to like a warden or a couple of to jailers. take him to prison. Yeah, like Goose is fully convinced at this moment. That everything that happened at the courthouse has gone according to plans and Johnny is just going to go get locked up. Okay. That's kind of what I feel Goose expects is going to happen. Yes. I mean... That still, that leaves me with a lot of questions that for a discussion that we are going to have at some point about the justice system and the order of events. Yeah. We'll have it at some point, not this moment. Yeah. Though. Because Uh, as they start moving him to prep him, we cut... Outside. Outside. To an interesting little bit of conversation that, again, was a revelation to me. I assumed that since Max and Roop escorted the convoy to and from, well, from the courthouse, I assumed that they were in court. Right. Well, that assumption was wrong. 
because between Fifi and Max, they have a little conversation. Fifi says, you'll have to sit on Goose. Max asks why. Fifi says, no contest. And Max says, whoa. Yeah, he does like, a little this Owen is Wilson a, there. Yes, he... he um, this is a complete revelation to him. He is completely surprised that there was no contest. And in this conversation, he doesn't get any details. He's just told no contest. Fifi had to have given him more details, though, in the moments between this conversation and we do a little bit of moving back and forth. He had to have given him more information because it's Max that tells Goose that nobody showed up. Yeah. Uh, so, so Fifi had to have told him a little bit more. So that leaves them walking inside. I like the idea of Fifi telling Max that he has to sit on the goose because a goose is typically something that sits on eggs. And so just the idea of sitting on the goose made me chuckle a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. We've we've gotten to know the relationship between Max and Goose a bit. That they are friends. Best friends? I don't know about, about that far, but they are very good friends. I'd call them best friends. And BFFs. And, you know, when uh, when Goose couldn't be on the bike and be all by himself, he was now Max's partner. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot, too. And it's Max that is told to sit on the Goose. He could have gotten Roop to do it. Roop being much larger, he yeah. might have had an easier time holding Goose back. But Fifi chose Max to to attend to Goose. I think Max is probably the only person that the Goose would not try and, you know, just punch out light, punch out right. Yeah. I think Goose and Max have such a rapport and a friendship that Goose would willingly be held back by Max mm-hmm. and listen to Max. Yeah, with Rupe, he probably just would have fought harder. Yeah. To get away from him. Okay. That would have been pretty nice to see, though. Just It would have been interesting to see. Rupe failing spectacularly at keeping Goose contained. Yeah. Because there's no way that he would be able to effectively control Goose. He would he would botch it in some way and it would be hilarious to watch. Yeah, definitely he would have botched it. <laughs> I it's not like Max and Fifi did a very good job either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it took two of them just to keep him in line and even then they it didn't succeed at yeah. at every point. I mean, it starts going off the rails today. It continues to go off the rails tomorrow, and even it wraps around the weekend into next week that, you know... Yeah, that they just, can't keep control of Goose. It's going downhill. But after Fifi warns Max to keep an eye on Goose, we cut back inside. Charlie is undoing the shackles from around Johnny's ankles, and then we get to see this entrance of the people from the parking lot into the building. The visuals, I think, are pretty powerful of this this group of men, some in uniform, some not, but the music playing over with the sound effects of them walking. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. I, I think it's a I think it's a great a great little scene. Mm-hmm. And actually I just answered a question that I had down in my notes. As soon as they like they're not even around the corner, they're like half around the corner and go Goose says, What's wrong? What happened? Mm-hmm. And I was wondering why Goose was so quick to recognize that something was wrong. Well, I think I answered my own question in that the the power that this group is exuding as they walk in, just their their attitude, the fact that the district attorney and the people's observer are with them and they look very serious and they're acting very serious. I think he gets that message right away. Yeah. Plus, it's also a group of people that he didn't expect to see. 
Who do you think he expected to see? I'm willing to bet that in this city, there is a warden, and the warden probably has a couple of guards that he uses to transport prisoners. I imagine that Goose is sitting there expecting to see this warden and a couple of guards coming around the corner prepared to take Johnny away. And the fact that he looks up and sees Fifi and Max followed by the district attorney and the people's observer... This is not the group that he was expecting to see, so he instantly recognizes that things have not gone how he expected them to go. Yes. And considering Goose, uh, I don't know. I'm surprised that Goose picked up on it so fast. Yeah. That it didn't take him at least like a couple more seconds of taking in the information he's being presented with and then saying, what happened? What's wrong? But I just... I'm surprised at how quick he is. Yeah. I think Goose was so excited. He was just so dang excited about seeing Johnny hauled off that he was probably building up these expectations within himself. And the second that he noticed that something was amiss, his brain did that thing where you just automatically assume the worst. Right. It's like you have a supply of adrenaline. That your body was planning on using for this one thing, and now all of a sudden it needs to use it for something else. Yeah, he was fully expecting to be able to taunt Johnny all the way out the door. Yep. And suddenly, all of that material that he's been building up in his head, I'm sure there's probably some prison puns that he was getting ready to use. (laughs) I'm sure there were some nifty one-liners that he really wanted to bust out. But now things are different. And I don't think Goose is probably the kind of guy who would have joined the college improv team. And so, like, this is throwing him off. And he doesn't Very quite so. understand what's going on. So, Max goes straight for Goose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, as they're rounding this corner, you can see that Fifi and the People's Observer and, and uh, the District Attorney, whose character name is Silvertongue, which isn't that just the name for yeah, a, little a lawyer. Yeah, a I thought. Yeah. But as they're rounding the corner, Goose approaches them and Max just goes right for him. Yeah, which I think was tipping his hand a little. Yeah. Made it really obvious that whatever's going on is so bad that they're putting Max on Goose. Yeah, yeah. That that definitely confirmed his suspicions. Mm-hmm. And Fifi yells out to Charlie, like, from across the room. Yep. Fifi yells out to Charlie, let him go. Yep. Just plain and simple. Yep. And Max... Tells, uh, tells Goose that nobody showed. Yeah. So I would like to bring up, I would like to bring up Fifi. I mm-hmm. think it's time to talk about Fifi a little bit. And his managerial style. And his managerial style and his lack of skill. Because this whole thing was botched. Oh, absolutely. From the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Why wasn't Johnny in a cell? Mm-hmm. He should have been in a cell. They should have, the group should have come in. To a separate area from where Johnny was being held. Johnny should not have been privy to this exchange. They should have told Goose and Charlie what happened and what needs to be done. You know, Charlie, go get the prisoner. He's going with... He's being released. He's going with these guys. They're here to make sure he gets released. Goose never should have been in Johnny's presence again. Right. And... Fifi just every step of the way made it worse. Oh, absolutely. And continuing into the next minute, it just, oh, it drives me nuts. Yeah. That he handled this so poorly. I think you raise up a good point 
specifically in that huge complex they have. Right, don't they have, I mean, couldn't he at least be like, if they don't have proper cells, couldn't he be locked in an office? Yeah, you can't tell me in all of that space, in those gigantic buildings that they've set the MFP, the Halls of Justice, in, that there's not a single place where they could have locked him away separately. Yeah. Because the whole time that this group is coming in, like, everything is all happening in one room, and all these tempers yeah. are flaring up. Yeah. And we see... Do we see it in this minute or the next minute? I can't remember. Johnny in the background's mocking people. We get a little bit we of get... that today, and then we get more of it tomorrow. Yeah. So, that's not helping anything either. No. And, <sighs> and the just, whole time... They should not have been all together. Yeah. And... People should have been separated and told things individually not necessarily like one-on-one you know they don't need to be you know handheld like that yeah and but goose should have been i mean it's already been made obvious at least to us as viewers that goose feels special about this guy yeah so he probably shouldn't have been the one left behind with him Mm -hmm. it should it should have been roop and charlie their partners yeah and Max and Goose, who are at least temporary partners, should have been the escort team. Right. So. <sighs> I think a major failing of Fifi in this scene is that Fifi himself is angry about the situation. And his displeasure over what's happening is just vindicating and validating Goose's feelings about the situation. We get the first two lines of a rant that Fifi is going to launch into tomorrow. Yes. Today. And you can tell that Fifi is upset about this situation. And so Goose probably sees that and subconsciously thinks, hey, if the boss is upset, that right. means I can He's be upset. He's feeding off of Fifi. Yeah. Which is really a shame because on the other hand, you have Max, who is his usual calm self. So it's a shame that he's not feeding off of Max. Right. Because there's so much high tension in that room yep and and, I, I, and as we see max is the only one who's not feeding the fire right everybody else has to put in their two cents and say something poking the bear yep everybody else says something i suppose charlie doesn't but charlie doesn't help anybody stay calm he's just charlie yeah <laughs> and max yeah max is very much the only one who is keeping a level head yeah. and thank goodness he is because I think Fifi kind of is drawing on Max in keeping Goose at bay, which we'll see all of this next minute. Oh, yeah. It kind of explodes. <laughs> it does very much explode. But thank goodness for Max. And I know, I know I've said this before, but the movie as a whole, the concept of the movie as a whole, it's very titled Mad Max. This isn't, we're not seeing Mad Max. We're seeing very calm and collected Mad Max, very even. Yeah. His expression rarely gives away what he's thinking in his head. His behavior is always what he's supposed to do. And he manages that very, very well. And it's the polar opposite of the, the title of the movie being Mad Max. What we're expecting to see of Max is completely opposite of what we're actually seeing of Max. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some things that that happen tomorrow in tomorrow's minute. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow gets... Uh, really interesting. Yeah. And we don't actually hear from the district attorney or the people's observer in until tomorrow. But I figure because we do see them in this minute and there's two new faces, we can split it up. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the district attorney whose character name is Silvertongue, which, like we said, is very on the nose. So 
He is played by an actor named Andrew Gilmore, who has a rather unimpressive IMDb page. His top four, Mad Max, obviously. Um, His number two is a 1976 movie called Mad Dog Morgan, where he only played an extra. He played an elderly version of an existing character uh, in Nightmares and Dreamscapes from the stories of Stephen King, which was a 2006 miniseries on TNT. He just played uh, Elderly Clark is the name of the character there. And then he was on a couple episodes of the soap opera Neighbors in 1986 and 1989, where he played a couple of different characters. I mean, he is in a couple of different crossover things. He was in Skyways. He was in Prisoner Cell Block H. But it's like, I feel like this is pretty much the extent of his character, of his of his acting career. That's really unfair of me to like just judge him on one role and reading his IMDb page. But he's he's not as interesting as let's say the People's Observer because that's going to be fun to talk about tomorrow. He's got a bit more to him, okay, than Andrew Gilmore. Something interesting about IMDb is that it is you know. It is a movie database. Yeah. So it specifically is only talking about media. Is the M for media or is it for movie? It's for movie, I but it does cover so. television. Right, because it covers so much. Anyways, it doesn't tell us anything else about the the person. Like yeah. what what did okay, so he didn't have a big like acting career. Well, what did he do with his life? Yeah. Like even Andrew Gilmore's bio page on IMDb is not that extensive. Right. Like I would have had to go outside of the site to find interesting things about him, I feel. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a minor character and he has I think he only has like one line in this entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. The People's Observer has so much more contribution to the movie. So I don't feel bad about skipping over him at all. (laughs) All right. So they enter. Max intercepts Goose. Fifi yells to let him go. And then he walks up to Charlie and just, like, emphasizes, let him go, Charlie. And Johnny the boy, just the twerp that he is, hears Fifi say, let him go, Charlie. And then he repeats it. Forget it, Charlie. Just let him go. And he, like, does his dumb voice and everything. And it's like, dude... (laughs) You are in the belly of the beast here, and yeah, you are being let go, but it's at the same time. Right. Just walk. (laughs) I think it's it's an interesting callback to at the scene of the crime when he was high as a kite, Mm -hmm. and he was doing the same thing. Not in a taunting way, just in a, you know, drug-addled way. But he was still, like, repeating what Max was saying back then, and now he's repeating what Fifi is saying in a taunting way. That's just Johnny's way. Yeah. It's not a good way. (laughs) Yeah, I think twerp is a phenomenal descriptor for him. Because that's exactly what he is. Yeah. Just, uh... And it's not helped by the fact that, like, we already mentioned Fifi yelling and getting upset, not helping the situation. But poor, poor Goose, just, he's bewildered. He just doesn't understand what's going on. And no one's explained to him. Right. Everything's happening so fast. That nobody's actually telling him what happened. Yeah, Max says nobody showed. But his first question is, what do you mean nobody showed? Saying nobody showed doesn't actually tell Goose anything. Right. Which prompts which prompts the outburst from Fifi that we really get into next minute. In the minute. next minute. Yeah. I've got some I've got some interesting stuff for tomorrow, for sure. So stay tuned for tomorrow, because it's gonna get it's gonna get messy. There's gonna be some some throwdown things happening. Yeah. So in the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Mad Max Minute and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mad Max Minute. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 34. We will see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and leather men Take me to the end of the dream Hold on tight so it's your feels right Stick to you like a tire on a lingering star <laughs> 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 <laughs>